I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Another crazy story. Just like the others. How am I always involved? I can't explain it. Must be something in the air. Or maybe it's just me. Is it me? Welcome. <laughs> Welcome back to Is It Me, everyone. I'm your host, Michelle Forrester. It's Friday, so we're spiraling. We've had another week. Um, I, my co-host this year, as always, Josh Shapiro in the house. Um, and today's guest, it's Jason Houle. Hey, what's going on? Roastmaster, Jason Houle. That's me, baby. Yeah, last time I saw you, you took me down. So, Hell yeah, Well, dude. thank you to you guys for your battle, because your battle contributed to us making it into the Roast Battle League. We're in the fucking league. We did it. Oh, you're like actually in the league? We yeah, we're What in the, the fuck? Are you serious? Found yeah. out on Friday. What? Yep. Oh, um, that's sick. That's hell yeah. So you are officially now the uh, champion reigning. for the Montreal League hey, reigning in the Rose Battle League for now. of 16 cities. You are one of 16 city champions. What the? F- that's crazy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, there were like 30 plus cities that applied and we got it. Hell yeah. Suck it, everyone that's not we're, me. We're, <laughs> we're in a division with Barcelona, Scotland, Toronto, and us. <laughs> okay, sick. That's Barcelona. good. Um, maybe good odds. Uh, I don't know if we should do this on the pod, but maybe fucking we should hit up to Toronto, coordinate some fucking. Bah, 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 yeah, one hundred percent. Montreal versus Toronto. I like, know the mega two guys showdowns. that run it. Okay, sick. Yeah, yeah. It's Twilight and Justin. They're great. They're Fuck yeah. really great guys. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, but we were talking about spiraling. Well, I mean, we're always talking about spiraling. Yeah. You were saying that you have so much to talk to us <laughs> yeah. about because you're on the. Are you on the upwards of a spiral? Or I'm on. The, I'm on the up. You're on I'm the on, up. I'm on the okay. up now. Good. To, good to hear. Yeah. 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 No. Like, What's the, been going on? Well, this is like. Uh, well, this is going to be a special episode. Like, if I'll try to make it as funny as possible, but I've like this is I've had like a crisis, and mm-hmm. now I'm on the ups now. Okay. I've seen like uh, I'm on. You know how long it takes to get a psychiatric evaluation if you're English speaking in this in Montreal? Oh no! How long? Nine months. Wow. I had to wait nine months for an evaluation. And wow. so they're trying to bump stuff up faster. But like, <laughs> yeah, this is this has been a spiral month and I'm glad to talk about Damn, it. Damn, nine months. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, yeah. all these pregnant crazy chicks. We gotta let them have the baby first. What why is it why does it take that long? Just you know? English, English speaking. Oh, just because of English. You just can't get like an English psych yep. like psychiatric. Who does a psych eval? Is that a psychiatrist? Psychiatrist, or? yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. So yeah, just. Uh, uh, so did you do it or? No, I'm on, I'm on the wait list. You're on the wait list. And they're trying okay. to bump me up faster because like I I've, I've been to hospitals, I've been to I've seen social workers, and so and like wow. I'm on the fast track. I've been filling out forms, but things are good. <laughs> things are things are progressing. I'm sober now. Well, you know what, Jason, I have a surprise for you. Well, <laughs> what is it, Matt? You want to call in the psychiatrist? <laughs> <laughs> if it's if it's Poseidon with glasses on, I'm gonna fucking knock <laughs> that would have been good. <laughs> I mean, this wall, this room kind of does look like a, a yeah, psych ward. We just have to get you a straight jacket, and you'll be all set. But that's okay. So you have to fill out forms. You said, yeah, just like forms of just like uh, just like how you feel submitting to like so they can send me okay. to because they're trying to uh, up my case by sending me to like a learner's hospital, like uh, where it's just like student doctors or whatever. Oof, fuck that. A learner's hospital. I mean, I guess take what you can get, yeah, but like at the same get. time, it's just gonna be like I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, it's just been like uh, I, I, you're you're my therapist for the, for the next little bit. Yeah, let's let's dive into it. Do you have any like before that? Do you have any like existing like mental health? issues that you knew about or is this all like new for you right now oh always like i uh like uh, i have anxiety depression my entire life okay do like, you lean more one way because sometimes anxi- we ask yeah. people anxiety 100 percent. okay I have a terrible anxiety my whole life and then depression would kind of sneak up and down but the problem was like uh, i'm sure with a lot of people like this why, why i'm talking about this because i think like substance abuse is something to talk about 100 like, percent. i have just been self-medicating with alcohol for like 12 years okay and then, like, as because I'm approaching 30 now, and it's it stopped working. 
Yes. And then so, uh, like, all of a sudden, like, because I used to think, I even told Borgelli once when we were going to Toronto, and I just, I just, he was like, he was talking about depression. I was like, I was like, I never get depressed. Like, I just don't have it because it's just, I'm drunk all the time. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so you were self-medicating. You were treating your depression with alcohol. Oh, yeah, which is— Which probably didn't help your anxiety because you had anxiety In the 40s, day. I would have been doctor-approved, but— Right, But right. Now, now it's unhealthy. Yes, yes. You would yeah. have done great on an episode of Mad Men for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Are you—were you, were you daily drinking? I—with um, some breaks in between, like, through whatever, but I pretty much have drank every day for, like, 12 years. Yeah, okay. Like, do you have rules for yourself, though? Like, do you drink after a certain time or just during the day, too? As I got older, it had to be, like, after, like—on a weekend, maybe I'll start at two or three, maybe. Okay. But, like, back when in my early 20s, it was, like—well, and when I was a teenager, it was, like, 10 in the morning. I just start. But then also, are you ever getting whacked or are you just coasting? Sometimes it's like uh, sometimes I would get I would get whacked like at the beginning of the month when I knew it was like I was like just vomiting at like five in the morning every night uh, and then starting work at like nine. Yeah. But like uh, sometimes I would have this thing where like I would drink myself to the other side, and I think that's a thing like only alcoholics can experience. It's like I would drink so much in a day if I were to start drinking at ten mm-hmm. and by around eight o'clock of consistent drinking, the feeling's gone. That's bartending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I start at 7 p.m. Uh, around 11.30, 12, I'm wasted. But then by, like, 1, 1.30, I'm, like, sober again, like, drinking and, like, fine. But, like, drinking the whole time? Drinking the whole time. Yeah. It's, I usually drink from 7 p.m. to 3 a.m. nonstop if yeah. I'm drinking. Yeah, it's that – it's a very specific feeling. That it, like, it's it's when it's, like, you had a deep pocket where you're, yeah. like, okay, I've drank so much that I no longer feel it. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. So and you, so what is, okay, so I recently learned, I don't know if you know anything about this, but I recently learned that like if you are, if you've been drinking for like a certain amount of years and you stop, like you're, and you stop cold turkey, like you could die. Like it's yes. actually one of the, the, the harder addictions. Alcohol to break. and benzos. And they have, they have a medical beer. My Whoa. friend told me like, so they have beer at the hospital that's like supposed to be like specifically for, for this, for people <laughs> it's, who. It's a Michelob Ultra. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know what brand it is, but it's like specifically they give it to you so mm. almost to wean you off of it because it's, the withdrawal of it can kill you. It's like methadone. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So so have, are you like you're not drinking now? I'm not drinking now. It's like a, from where I'm at with drinking is like I'm at this point like I have numbers for meetings. I, the way I put my uh, my relationship with alcohol right now is I'm, I, I'm at the edge and I have enough energy for one more step. I could take one more step forward mm-hmm. and fall over the edge and I'm just – an alcoholic officially, mm-hmm. or I can take one step back mm-hmm. and I'm don't fall in. I'm not on the edge, but I'm right by it. So I think it's, that's kind of where I'm at right now. So it's, I have a little bit longer to yeah. fix my relationship with it or it's gone forever. Or it's gone forever. Yeah. Do, do you, so you said like now drinking doesn't help, like it doesn't help your depression. Does it make you more like What's the dip? What, how how has it changed with you drinking? Because you said before, just it changed. It doesn't like, work anymore. Uh, it's just the level of. Um, I think it, it just. I got older, and certain things. Um, I'm trying to think how to put it. There's. I, I have this kind of analogy for therapy that I think might be kind of apt. Maybe mm-hmm. it doesn't mean anything, but the way I put it as like, um, I think everyone has is born and they have a self destruct button on their arm, mm-hmm. and. If you go to, and if you have undiagnosed mental health problems, if you have unresolved trauma, or if you have substance abuse problems, that button gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And in life, people get close to you and they bump into you. Right. And you can be mad that they bumped into you. Like, I wish they watched where they were going. Right. I wish they even said sorry. But right. the problem is that's life. People bump into you. And it's your problem that you let this button go so bigger. So every time someone bumps into you, you implode. You increase the risk of, yes. of negative interaction with the people bumping into you if you've made the button bigger. That's yes. actually, I saw a quote That's recently. a really good it was something analogy. Like, I think so. Your trauma is not your fault, but it's your problem to deal with. It's your responsibility. It's your responsibility. Yes. That's 100%. Was, yeah. yeah. It's not mm-hmm. your fault. It's none of our faults, really. Yeah. I mean, like, you can say that, but that's also very, like, victim mentality. You can't just... No, you're I'm in, traumatized. No, I have trauma. Mm-hmm. No. You gotta actually and work I think on it. With the mental health movement, sometimes people get that wrong mm-hmm. where they're like, Oh, I just acted this way because of because of this and I'm this because of like my parents or whatever, my relationship, whatever. And it's like 
no, no, no. We're still like, you need to have personal responsibility and accountability, mm-hmm. um, which is tough because that's like two of the things addicts don't have. Like when you become a full addict, you yeah. don't have any concept of personal responsibility or accountability and it bleeds into your whole life. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, so yeah, that's, that's where I'm at with alcohol now. It's like, uh, and I've known it, I've known since I was like, since I started drinking, cause I started drinking late. I had my first drink at my mom's wedding when I was like 17. Yeah. And like, I remember I had like, I kept crushing beers immediately. Cause I remember I, all I knew about beer was King of the Hill. Okay. And right. I remember like those guys, they would just crush beers all the time and they never got drunk. So I like drank five beers and I got, and I was feeling drunk and I was like, you can't get drunk off five beers. So I just kept drinking. And then from that, and then when I realized, cause I had so much anxiety and then I had drank and then all gone. Yeah. All yeah. anxiety, all fear, all like, like, um, all like the bad side of being an introvert, just like gone. Right. And then just chasing that high forever. Right. Cause it makes you like, it's a num- it numbs you oh, in God. a sense. And then also you don't feel like you don't feel the anxiety and you feel kind of unstoppable too. Yeah. Cause alcohol has this like weird effect on people where it, it prohibits you from your brain from fully understanding the extent of like the consequences of you doing something. So like, that's why people do a lot of stuff. Like they'll spend $400 out at, mm-hmm. on one night and be like, it's fine. Like live for the moment. And then, then they can't, their brains at that moment can't understand that tomorrow when they wake up and they're $400 poor and rents due, yeah. that's going to be an issue, but they can't like, they just like your brain just can't really see that when you're like wasted. Mm-hmm. I had a, uh, like I had a little, I, I, don't, I never had it like, it never got to an addiction and never got to the cliff, but I think I was on the cliff for a while. Yeah. I had a, a pretty toxic relationship with alcohol. Um, but then it, what, what changed for me is that it, it stopped working as well. And it just made me cry. Yes. So I would just be like in public crying yeah, it's, and I just was like, well, this isn't fun anymore. Yeah, if everyone's just seeing me cry all the time, like it just stopped being the thing that made me happy. Mm-hmm. It's it's a weird feeling. It's like because we're the I think we're the exact 94, 90 same age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're the same age. I think it's we're approaching thirty mm-hmm. this yeah, year. Yeah, it's the last year. Yeah, it's yeah. the last we're, year. This year we're approaching thirty, and like things are like your brain is changing. And, yeah. And so yeah, so something clicked, and then so like I just got so just like because w- w- like I lost tools to deal with uh, emotional problems. So like things were uh, I like I was very upset at the beginning of the month, and instead of being able to bounce back after all these years, I lost all my tools to be able to deal with like just pain. Right. And then it just like, I just imploded. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you mean when you say imploded? Like you just went to the darkest place or yeah. like you were drinking? Well, I drink, it was, it was, or all, you stopped drinking. What started the implosion or what was the impetus? The, uh, the, the, that, a little bit private. Of that. Yeah. Yeah. You'll leave that out. Yeah. That's fine. Okay. So something bad happens. Mm-hmm. And then did you lean on alcohol or, or you didn't? I did. I, I felt okay. heavy. I, the beginning of this month, I went on such a bender Okay, and like, uh, so, okay, so th- th- I'm trying to see how much I want to I mean, I got something. Yeah. I Literally, he was in the hospital for like 18 hours because he cut open his arm. Yeah. And I hit him up the next day. And but I'm like, hey, man. You should, you should say what, what, on the topic, it was like he cut it on a shed. Yeah, he cut it on a shed. He didn't cut open okay. his yeah. arm. Yeah. Cut his like, arm. Like, sorry, I was like, sorry, did sorry. you just, out? he was like, I'm trying no, to be no, private. No, and no, you're no. like, he well, sliced okay. his well, arm open. No, but, okay, well, but, 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 yeah. Okay, possibly uh, we had a safe word chimpanzee. Possibly chimpanzee. Okay, I think I think I like I I think I'm willing to talk about it. Yeah, yeah I mean, do, do talk about whatever you yeah. want to talk about. I think it's really great that oh, you're talking. Oh, I'm such a loser. I didn't even <laughs> dog. I'm so sorry. I, didn't okay. even, I genuinely was just like you took your like I didn't even think about no, 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 that like, when you talk, like oh my god no. no I was gonna it's like a, so what it, what happened was like if anyone hears this it's no one's fault but my own right because uh, it's just uh a decade over a decade of like not holding thing i started self-harming right and then so and that was like this whole new world for me and then so at one point i i i cut my arm open okay and i had to go to the hospital and it took me and this is the first time i've ever been to a fucking quebec hospital in my life oh wow i was there for 11 and a half yeah, it's hours brutal it was it's brutal and when I was there, the doctor asked me, he's like, hey, if you feel like hurting yourself again, let us know. I'm like, no, I've never did this before. I'm never going to do this again. After fucking eight hours, I was like, I'm thinking about hurting myself. <laughs> like, can I like skip ahead? If I cut yeah. myself again, can I see a doctor yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. After 11 hours in the waiting room, you're like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. Okay. And so so you said you lost the tools. You said you're kind of on the up now. Like, w- like 
what has helped you find peace every so, day? Sobriety. Sobriety. Sobriety was like, because then it, cause it got to the point where, because I, like, I, it started sober, but then it became like every time I drank, the compulsion to do it again happened. Right. And that's what the doctor told me. It's like, okay, like you've crossed a point. So now like you need to. Like, now, so, now you need to deal with the, yes. yes. Okay. So, this, now, yeah, yeah. So, it's, so it's like, and it's, it's corny to say, but it's literally just diet exercise. And I, I, I do dieting sometimes in an unhealthy way. Like I'm 30 hours in a fast right now. Oh God. And I'm like, that's why I'm so manic right now. I'm like riding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But but what what is the benefit of fasting for thirty hours for you? Like you just feel good, or I I feel good, and it like it's because I like I'm a compulsive eater too. Okay. So it's like it just it, it eliminates like you're my, talking to just being into the <laughs> choir here. Yeah. And it, it makes you not that hungry anymore. I'm just like uh, like yes. I, I'm totally fine with just like a small meal in the day, and then I'm yeah, fine. when you fast, yeah, you, your body gets used to not mm-hmm. eating, and then it almost feels bad to eat. And you really do get a lot of energy, and like you feel like clarity, and like mm-hmm. yeah, it's like a very keyed in. Like yeah. an, I'm a, I'm a warrior. I'm in survival mode. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I wonder where that's coming from, though. I don't know. that. Like, 30 hours is a long time to People are doing... There's this new one. Uh, it's like a 72-hour water fast where you just have water, and then after, like, 48 hours, you start doing, like, bone broth and shit, and people are just, like, saying it feels amazing. Like, yes, you right. lose a bunch of weight, and you get, like... I feel like that's also a drug, though. Yes, like for sure. Like, you're putting your body into overload to, 100%. to produce, like, these... It's also, it's kind of just Emot- like medically, it's like doctor approved eating disorders too. A little yeah. Bit. Kind of, like, yeah. It's like, pretty much. Yeah. Not that's, that's my joke. I always say like men have eating disorders too. We just call it keto. Yeah, it's, like it's, it's just keto. Well, that, that's, I've always treated dieting. Like my, my weight yo-yo is like crazy. It's because Me like, too. like I diet like a, a bender. Like, like people, like I'll have a Same. bender on alcohol and I'll have a bender on dieting. Yeah. 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 And what happens is I crash. So I'm trying to be more cognizant now. Cause like, I don't want to crash with this yeah. diet, but but yeah, no, just diet, exercise. Like I'm uh, talking to people. Like I'm now on, on and up, which is why, which is I think like men overall. It's kind of why I want to talk about. Yeah, it a little I, bit. thank you so much for talking about this. This is like not an easy thing to talk about, yeah. and I appreciate that a lot. Um, yeah. But you were going to say it's important for men. I agree with you. But yeah, because I feel like men like to trick themselves and tell other people. I think men like to pretend they're less complicated than they are. Mm-hmm. I think men kind of get off like like uh, the men get off is just like hey I'm a dude I like tits and I drink and it's, <laughs> and it's fucking sick but really like men are complicated emotional creatures and Absolutely. we kind of trick ourselves into thinking we're not and then you kill yourself when you're 50 <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's what it's and we're like what is happening like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like talk to you feel, talk about your feelings once yes yeah that's like I was talking to a guy <laughs> um I won't say who it was but someone was telling me they were like yeah like uh, my friend. I think it was porn addiction. They were like, oh, yeah, my friend oh, yeah. is addicted to porn. Um, so he just started doing mushrooms. And I'm like, just go to therapy. <laughs> yeah. Like, just fucking. It's like every guy's like, don't, don't worry. I'm like going to do mushrooms. And like, I'm, I'm, I'm good. You know, and it's like, take no. Take a couple you're... cold showers. Yeah. Take some mushrooms. <laughs> yeah. Mom, yeah. You're fine. Like, it's like you guys are so good at finding ways to self-medicate. Yeah. And it's just so it's and sometimes it's like very complex the way that you're self-medicating. And I'm like, just talk to your mom, yeah. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Just call your mom yeah. <laughs> or like call you. I don't know. Just like have one conversation with your father. That's not about like what you did that day. Like, yeah. Like yeah. Have, have any kind of like male bonding. Like to, yeah. But I think it's difficult. I don't know that that's always available to, to everyone, you know, it's hard. Cause like, like what if your dad, if you can't, if you don't have that relationship with your dad, mm-hmm. it's hard. You know, my friend and I were talking yesterday about, cause we're both, um, we're both, women with dads who only have daughters and there is some there is some kind of like sociological thing about the fact that like men who have daughters can finally allow themselves to be emotional with their daughters in Mm. ways that they weren't emotional with other people because they have a woman in their life that they can kind of like that they're that that they care for you know like they're that they're responsible for and they can kind of like get those emotions out through their daughters and and I think to a certain extent it's true um like my dad is definitely a bit more open to that, like open to emotions than I think he was before he had daughters. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but like I, where yeah. do you, do you have like men in your life you lean on? Yeah. I, yeah, I definitely, my step, my, my stepfather I'm really close with, he's like all about, he, he's been like 12 years of therapy. So he's someone good to talk to, but like also I have three sisters. The sister thing is true. Yeah. The sister thing does help. Yeah. And like, but something so weird to like, they're so much more in tune. Like I, like sometimes I'll go home and like they communicate telepathically. Of just like, like I'll go on the couch and they're just like, uh, you know, the movie, the thing, 
Mm -hmm. They're like the thing. They're this amorphous blob on the couch. They all have their hands on each other's knees. And they're like, I walk in, they like look at me. And then they'll just look away. Like, I know they're all talking to each other with their minds. (laughs) I don't trust them. You don't trust your sister? I know. (laughs) They're they're demons. They put voices in my head, and I'm going to kill them. Yeah. Um, okay. So your stepdad, do you have anybody else like your age that you lean on? Like that you, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm like in your life. Su- yeah. I'm yeah. super like, I'm blessed with friends and family okay. and like I pick and choose, like I'll tell this person this much, this person this much and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That's good. Cause I like, it's- do you ever, do you ever do that and then convince yourself that that half truth you told the person is reality? In the moment, yeah. yeah like it's kind like of like I like like it's like I'm role playing. Like okay, I'm role playing like someone that's only a little bit bummed out right now, yeah. and I can kind of put myself in that mental space. Mm-hmm. 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 Like you, okay, yeah. You like kind of you lie and you believe your own lie, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Doctor, what, what is the reason that you're ha- that you're only giving a half truth though in the moment? Like if you're, is it that you don't think your friend can? support you in the way that you need or you don't want to freak someone out or like what is what holds you back from being like totally open with your guy friend it's almost like you need to get some perspective on what's going on with me right now like for for you to understand Mm, what's happening but you don't need to know all of it because i don't need you asking questions next week i don't need you thinking about this and do it you know what i mean i think you don't want your friend to worry about you not necessarily worry yeah but like Almost even like metal and like I know it comes from a good place, but sometimes you just don't need people, you know, and that's why like I'm assuming you're saying you tell some people most stuff like some people you'll tell almost everything to mm. and some people you only tell them a part because you don't, you know, as much as they're important enough to know something's happening. You don't need to fucking. Yeah, like you don't like I, I gauge like I like Terminator vision. Like I'll gauge like, OK, I need this from this person. Like I don't like I don't need like a full talk from this person. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just like but a do you have one person in your life that you can be like fully 100 percent like I'm feeling this top to bottom. Yeah, I got a few. Yeah, me too. Like, a, like, like my best friend, he's weird because he's, he's an emotional, he's an emotional midget. Like he, like he can't, he's not good talk therapy, but I can like unload into him like a sponge and then okay. he just kind of shrugs and we watch anime. But <laughs> is that, what, what do you walk away when you have that conversation with someone who's not really responding? What do you, what do you feel? Oh, no, I, do I you feel like he, he's, good? He, he's that, wouldn't help. that wouldn't be helpful for you me. You know how like, like sometimes in therapy you just talk and you kind of figure it out yourself. Mm-hmm. It, sometimes you need guidance. Sometimes you need a push. But like when you're talking through with someone who's not really that responsive, it's almost like you're, they're not giving you those like things that you're looking for. That you're looking for the outs. The like, right. oh, but it's okay because of this. If you're just doing it yourself and not getting any of those like not cop outs, but like safety responses, okay, you're just kind of being honest and just getting it out. You know, mm-hmm. what do you not like about the safety responses? Is that sometimes it's almost bullshit. It's what are we doing here? Why do we need to pretend like it's okay? It's not okay. I'm right. talking about something. Why do you don't need to tell me like it's gonna be okay? Let's. I know it's gonna be okay, but like w- right now, let's just talk about this. Like not like Mm-mm-mm. you know. Yeah, you. Yeah, like the toxic positivity kind of like kinda. the people who are that like is, yeah. it's gonna be okay, and it's like yeah. it's not. It's like this is bad. We can accept that it's bad, and it's not the right. end of the world, but it's not okay. Mm-hmm. 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 Also, what I sorry, what I learned in like therapy is like mm-hmm. a good therapist will not tell you any answers, not tell you what to do. Mm. They of just course. really just like un, like make you understand yourself and then you come to your own conclusions. Yeah. It's not like they're not your mentor. No, they're, they're not doctor. your mentor. Yeah. They're not supposed to pres- like you're they're not supposed to like prescribe or tell you what like what you're feeling or tell or tell you what to do. They're supposed to ask questions about why you feel a certain way and like they're supposed to get closer to the button. Yeah. That's it. They're kind of like point out your contradictions and that kind of yes, stuff. Yes, like, 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 yeah, they're supposed to like look at your, the way that you're framing things and yeah. the way that you're talking about things and ask you and look and go, why, how did you get to this yeah. frame of thought? Where do these beliefs come from? Yeah, where do these beliefs come from? Where do these fears come from? Where do, like, all of it? Because, like, a lot of people don't know what their actual beliefs are. No. Like, mm. no, like, I, like, I heard a good quote. It's like, you know all your beliefs except for the ones you actually believe. Yeah. And then it's just like it's so framed into how you see the world. It's like you can't even see them because they're like right here. Yeah. But a doctor could go and like just ask the right questions to make you see what's actually happening inside of you. Mm -hmm. I I do have a a fear of therapy, like uh, not like a fear of therapy, but there's one concern I have with therapy because I haven't been to a therapist since I was like 15. Like I feel like sometimes do you feel like therapy, like a therapist can placate you too much? Like kind of just like yes and you and just like like kind of like because – 
everyone's a hero in their own story. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like if I go into like this therapy, this therapy room, it's like, oh, this person was a bitch to me. This guy was an asshole. Everyone's a dick to me. And they're like, oh, wow, the people are an asshole to you. Uh, it depends. It took yeah, me four therapists ther- to find yeah, a good one. That's like, a- literally three of them sucked. Mm. And then yeah. one was a social worker, so she was okay, but she was just like, oh, that's okay, that's okay. And then I had one that was literally like, he was a doctor. Like, mm. He literally felt like, you know when you go to the dentist and they just do something and oh, it's yeah? fixed? Literally, he felt like he just did that to my brain. <laughs> and everything was okay. And then after four months, he's like, yeah, you're good. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really, a yes. bad one can placate you yeah. and keep you stuck and just make you feel better. But it's not, that's, their job is not to make you feel good. Okay. Like after therapy, like like at the beginning, especially, I just used to sit down and like cry. Oh after. my god! Like just, yeah, I felt dark for three days. Yeah, couldn't work, couldn't yeah. do anything. Yeah, like it's like me a up. detox. You and you feel it after. But I think if you're in therapy and you're talking about other people, you're not like you're not at the right. You're not in mm. the right journey of therapy. A lot of people when they start therapy, they start complaining about other people in their li- in their life. This person did this to me. This person did this to me. This person did this to me. I'm mad at this person. A good therapist is going to go, okay, but we don't need to talk about them because you don't like, that's not what you're there to do. You're there to talk about you. Well, let's, let's be clear. If I go, I'm only talking about Matthew Borgelli. Yeah. <laughs> there is no way I'm right. not going to. Oh, he told me I have negative risk. What the <laughs> hell? <laughs> yeah. And a good therapist, but, but there are therapists that um, alarmingly like do placate their yeah it's not that i would it's not that i would go just talk shit about other people that's what i have my regular life for <laughs> all yeah. i do is talk, i love to talk shit can we yeah. talk shit no yeah yeah i love to talk shit too i oh. mean i think all comics do i think it's just funny and fun it's I, why, I grew up with women so yeah, yeah. It's so much fun it's why <laughs> i got into comedy was to talk shit i saw a video recently actually that was interesting it was like a guy making the case that um, I don't know if you guys even have seen those videos of like the guy on the subway who's like make a make a point like make a like a a hot take. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he said that talking shit is actually very healthy. If like you to have someone that you talk shit to, it like helps you understand your negative feelings about that person. I think about this and all so the time. It helps you navigate that. So it's actually. Like a lot of times it gets associated with like mean girls and like gossiping. But if you're like really like venting to one person about like somebody yes. else, it helps you understand your negative feelings about that person. I have a theory, like um, projection. I think uh, people say, oh, you're, oh, you're just projecting. They put that in like a diminutive way. Like you're this bad. I think projecting is a good thing because mm-hmm. I think uh, when you see when you, you see something that you don't like about yourself and someone else. You're projecting, and that's yes. how you. That's how I learn. Like, oh fuck, I do what this guy does, and it's mm. pissing me off right now. Yes, and so I think projecting is kind of good if you have the self awareness to be able to identify that. Yeah. yeah, you're not liking something that you see in yourself mm-hmm. for sure. But a lot of people don't. A lot of people are just like, fuck that person. <laughs> you know. It was it was an awkward moment when I was in the hospital. Um, the guy was putting stitches in my arm because he, t- he found out I was a comedian, which I never tell anyone I'm a comedian. He said like, he, he was like, he, he, he was a really young, he was like a, he was like an intern or whatever. He was really young. He had the exact same voice as Nazir Khan, which was so weird to me. That's so he, weird. He's a comic. And he said like, well, he's kind of dark, but uh, this could be a bit sometime. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he, he told me it could be a bit. That's, oh the bit. That's, yeah. the That's, That's the bit. That's the bit. That's the bit. I was like, yeah, no, bro, this is a killer. Oh, you made it, buddy. <laughs> this, is, this is a killer bit right now. Yeah. I think hospital workers are oftentimes, like, I, I know a nurse who's, like, obsessed. Like, she loves comedy. Yeah. And people love comedy. Because I think they, yeah, because weird. I'm people who work dark. Yeah. They careers, also they I listen to like, podcasts for yeah, hours. For hours. They're so there, they're big comedians. So maybe he was, asses. yeah, he was just aspiring comedian. He's like, this will be a bit. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was it was so strange. That is such a weird thing to hear from someone. Uh, I, it was and like, as they're I, stitching yeah. up your arm. Like. Yeah. I had been in the hospital for like eleven hours at that point, and I was just so I was like almost like falling asleep in the chair, and I was just like, yeah, I'll think about it. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I guess, yeah, I'll, do, I'll, do, I'll, I'll find something. Yeah. No, it's so it's sitting in the hospital for hours is the worst. Oh, I it's, was unprepared. Because fucking Quebec, uh, well, Canada. Like I, I wasn't aware of like the waiting times because Canada turns out has three doctors and yeah. one of them is in Quebec. Yeah. So it's, it's it was it was ridiculous. The, the well, he works he works at all the hospitals. Yeah. Yeah. He's, around he's yeah. Ubering. He's, yeah. And he's driving Uber at the same time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah Uber, Uber helicopter. Yeah, literally, because he doesn't make enough money to. Yeah. yeah. No, it's yeah. The wait times are 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 brutal. Yeah. But. I'm happy you're feeling better. Yeah. Yeah. I, I told you I was going to turn this to a very special episode. <laughs> yes. And you did, though. I think you did. I think it's important to talk about um, 
I think it's important to talk about mental health. And I think it's really important to talk about mental health for men. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I, I mean, I hate them, but I, I want you guys to <laughs> be okay. Well, because if we talk, you know, one day you can hate us less if we, yeah. if, if we like. If, if I feel we, like you hate the idea of men. No, I don't hate men. I hate men. You don't hate men. No, I don't. I just hate the patriarchy. Yeah. That's, that's it. it. You hate, exactly. You hate, the, but you're a, you're a supporter of the male breed. Josh, but yeah. I've spoken a lot to you. You also hate most men. I, I like, hate men. Yeah. Too. You I also hate, hate mo- you and Michelle hate like the same number of like the same percentage I, of I'm, men. I'm not disagreeing. <laughs> but I also like I hate a lot of people. You know what I mean? Like yeah. so women, hates everyone. <laughs> men, women, trans get a pass. I like them all. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, I no, I, you're right. I don't. And I was thinking about why I connect because I connect with men a lot. That's it too, yeah. And I was trying to think why. And it's because I think I have have a brother. That's weird. I don't have a brother. No. And I've always had, I've always had like at least one, like one or two like close male friends. I've always, I've always had friends that are men. Tell me. The way that women deal with conflict doesn't uh, work with you. You don't deal with conflict in the way that most women deal with conflict, that it's all kind of like a little bit more passive and Mm -hmm. shit. Like you like to, you like to like talk about shit and kind of like, like, I don't know, you, like, now, when I say this, I don't mean all women, but I just mean a lot of times there's almost, like, unspoken things in, like, female groups. And, like, with dudes, it's kind of, like, all spoken. Yeah, there's more, um, I wouldn't say, like, there's, I think men and women are transparent with each other in different ways. But certainly when they're mad at each other, it can be a tougher to navigate if you're not, if you don't leave a conversation feeling like they, they were honest with you. And it's just because I think a lot of women are conflict averse and I'm, I don't like, I, I think we don't get anywhere by just like, like if you're mad at someone about something, you should tell them and move yeah, on. Yeah, for sure. Like exactly. squash it. Exactly. But I think deeper, I think, um, I don't know. I think I, I really relate to a lot of the darkness I see in men. I have it myself. So yeah. I think that's also another thing that you're, I. You're one of the homies. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have the potential to murder someone. Yeah. I guys. do have a lot of. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think that I I experience violence, so I am capable of it. Um, you, though, if you murdered someone, you would murder what do you mean? You, you're not a, you're <laughs> not a you? one time. Would you, be like a, a, would you be like a comment too? It's like, yo, I killed that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yo, I fucking murdered. No, you're, I don't you're think not I like a murder not, anyone, No, no, but, but you're not a one time. I'm not saying you're going to. I don't think you're going to. But if you yeah. ever did cross that bridge hmm. and you did murder someone <laughs> out of anger, if like. Right. A snap, but like the rage. And yeah, stuff. yeah. Somebody did something crazy. Somebody, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Fucking jumped your sister. And you fucking stabbed them in the heart, you mm-hmm. know? I feel like you would then, like, just be a murderer. I, like you're I would, ice- like, develop a taste for blood. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Guaranteed. Like I, see, you I see you as an ice pick murderer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, smart. Smart. Super smart. No weapon. No, speaking of weapon, no, it's crazy. What I found out is, because uh, I've never, have you ever shot a gun before? Have you ever shot a gun? No, I don't like shot a gun? Guns freak me out. Oh, uh, once. Once? Yeah. Okay. Where? In Lebanon. Okay. <laughs> I was forced. I was like literally like, in self defense. No, it was a slingshot, bro. <laughs> no, my cousin Sorry, was like, "Do it, you pussy," joke. and I was like, "No." And he took my hand. He's like, "Do it, you fucking pussy," and, and make me shoot the gun, and I started crying. But <laughs> oh, I technically oh. shot a gun. You did it. <laughs> I, I wanted to. I feel like every story ever when he was a kid, I'm gonna start crying. <laughs> oh no, yeah, he, he's the best. Every, every like he's one of those guys. Like he's just an onion. Every time you talk to him, it's like, oh, okay, I get you more and more. <laughs> but with with the gun, I've like I like I hate guns. Like I don't like guns, but I do want to. I've always wanted to go to a gun range. Yeah. So I've been planning a trip to go to a gun range with my friend for so long. So I went to this. Um, there's one in like LaSalle. That we were gonna go to, mm-hmm. and so um, so if, if you're like, okay, we're gonna go finally go to the gun rage. So I went to go sign up, and I'm not allowed to go. Why? Because uh, on the the sign up sheet to go in, it says if you are on antidepressants or if you have seen psychiatric care, you are not allowed in the gun range. Wow. And I think that's just bad business. Because yeah. <laughs> like straight, like someone will I mean, it, yeah. it costs a hundred dollars, so you pay a hundred dollars to get in, you shoot eighty dollars worth of ammunition, versus one guy pays a hundred dollars, shoots one bullet. Yeah, that's just like basic economy. That, that's just that's just smart. That's really funny. Yeah, it's like a joke. That's what I'm thinking. It's very good. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I'd like. It's just not something like I want to. Like, obviously, it's something like I'd like to do. I feel like it's a, a rush to do it, but it's not like one of the ones I'd rather skydive. I think about skydiving. I'd rather skydive. Uh, 
and not pull the parachute. No, yeah. That, that's, I, that is, that I is, saw it in your eyes. I knew. Dude. Knew. I that, knew. I think about skydiving. <laughs> that is like okay. I full. I have no. Never have I had suicidal thoughts. I'm not suicidal. Oh, I lucky do, you. I, I do not want to die. I'm too much of a nut because I've I've like terrible self esteem, but I'm also a narcissist. Like I love myself. I hate myself. I would never want to deprive the world of me. Right. But if I were to kill myself, hundred percent, I'd take skydiving classes. I would go the 10 times it takes yeah. to go solo. And then so uh, you 10 times attached to a guy. And then my 10th run, just not pulling the chute. And then you know what the fucking DMT release would be on that? Oh, my God. I was talking about it last episode. Is that the DMT release, when you die, if you die, like, as a vegetable and it takes 20 years for them to finally pull the plug, the DMT release is not going to be good. This one, bro, the adrenaline through your body as you're flying through the air, when you hit the ground, just a pow, 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 pow. Are we doing this? Are we doing this? I mean, I'm, I'm not. Let's do it. I'm Su- not. Suicide pact? I don't want to. I like. I don't want to <laughs> hit the ground. Yeah, I don't even realize. No, no, that's that's what it is. Is that's why it's from so high. It's not even like a thing. It's just like no. no, well, no, no. Remember the sub, Remember the submarine death a while ago. Yes. That's um. Uh, that is probably the um. Yeah. The least painful death anyone has ever had in, in the existence of mankind. Because wow. that level, the depressurization, I'm paraphrasing the numbers, but this is the gist of it, where it takes like it takes, let's say, 20 milliseconds for the human brain to see an image. Right. It takes um, <coughs> 10 milliseconds to feel a sensation. OK. The entire implosion and death. Yeah. Took three milliseconds. And it like when you say implosion, like they just like. They exploded. Like they just became like the, dust. the whole entire like submarine like just they became red paint and it, it, it was instant fire. Like everything in it was just like flames for half a second. It just okay, flames. Like Ooh. well, okay. like but like I don't think flames inside. Like it's it's a combustion. It's, okay, it's like a like, is it like gas? The whole thing like kind of it just makes my brain like go what like it like were there bones, blood, like nothing. Well, it, everything was gone. Everything's gone. Everything's gone. Just no, like they're goo. They're, they turned to goo. Yeah, well, there was, like, the one, like, there was, like, the piece of the submarine that flew off, and they found it. Everything else was just gone. Have they, okay, so there's no, like, footage of inside? Because I like, I don't like gore, but no. I think I would like to see the goo. <laughs> just see liquid no, billionaire. No, I don't want to see, well, liquid At that point, I don't even know if it's goo, dude. I don't know if it's goo. I'm pretty sure it's, like, incinerated, like. I don't think it's incinerated. Liquefied billionaire sounds like a, like a, a, tr- a trust fund, yeah. like, like clothing brand. <laughs> I love that. Liquefied billionaire. I love their son who went to the Blink-182 concert. Oh, during, yeah. The day it, after or whatever. Yeah, I think, like, the day of. And he was like, yeah. my, my family would have wanted me to go. It's crazy. <laughs> it's so well, it's just like not for nothing. Most of those families, like you don't actually love your family and you're just kind of waiting to get your money. And he's just oh, like, yeah. I got the trust fund today. Out of blink with it. That's the yeah. best day of his yeah. life. <laughs> he's singing, I miss you. <laughs> not really. <laughs> Where are you? <laughs> Bottom of the ocean. <laughs> oh my God. That's brutal. But. Yeah, that was the weirdest story I think of 2023. Was, it was like really great. the fact that everyone went so crazy about the fact that they were going down, and everyone was like, "This is so stupid." And then, like a few days later, they died. Yeah. It was weird. I, I like I, it was just like I still have human empathy. Yeah, it's sad. I mean, I, fuck that d- the dad who made his kid go like that poor like mother wife yeah. like that sucks. But well, not literal poor. No, but, but yeah. yeah, no, no. She still sleeps in a twelve hundred count sheets or whatever. Like she's still, she's fine. But yeah, she, she has a bunch of like Dubai slaves wiping her tears away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it it was just like almost anticlimactic a little bit because everyone was like, they're they're gonna die. Like this mission's gonna fail, and then it did. Yeah, there was like no plot to it whatsoever. <laughs> but it was yeah, crazy. They boring. did it a few times before. Oh, I didn't know that. So like. Nobody cared, and then they did that one, and they're like, something's going to happen, and it happened. Like, what are the odds of that? I don't know. I think the odds are pretty high of it happening. That's why everyone <laughs> no, but like, like, they do it don't a few do times. It. Nobody oh, says anything. Right. Nobody, it's not news. It's not whatever. Then the one time it's news. Yeah, superstitious. Where's Pantelos when you need I was him? just about to say, that's the conspiracy theorist 
conspiracy theory we need to be thinking about. Oh yeah. Do you are you into conspiracies? Not in the slightest. I'm not into anything. <laughs> You're not into anything. I, I have no desire. I have no worldly knowledge. Like I just like my immediate. It's it's why I have a hard time talking with Borgelli because he's so he's such a deeply curious boy. And he has so many questions about this world. Yeah. I, DCV. What? That's what we call him. It's like, it was such a perfect description, but I saw his face when he heard boy. I think it's what, like, I hope, turn off your microphone because I hope he never hears me say this. It's why he's like one of the best comics like coming up right now because he's so curious. But mm-hmm. that's, just, that's just not me. I like, I stay in my own lane because my, it's like, I'm like just an agnostic in every way where I'm just like, if you're never going to know, why put one shred of your of your effort into it? I'd rather just have a good time. Right. I, I'd rather just stick to what I know and then and like I don't think about I just don't think about stuff. But how do you stick to what you know if you don't like anything? Alcohol. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's, that's why. It, there you yeah. go. Yeah. The, the <laughs> alcohol. <it>. Yeah. <laughs> Nicotine. The whole. The whole shebang. Okay. Do you have any like hobbies outside of comedy? Yeah. Uh, a whole bunch. I let's know. I used to be really into Warhammer and painting figurines. Right. Which is that was my favorite. I think that was my favorite joke of yours during the rose. Thank you so much. That was a very good one. Mm-hmm. Um, Can I ask? Yeah. What's up? Um, no worries if it's a chimpanzee. Yeah. But uh, you've been drinking almost every day for twelve years. What's the worst thing you've ever done while drunk? Uh, like, I've, well, here's the thing. I'm a good drunk until it got bad. I've always been a good drunk because for, for me, like, me I, I, like when I'm drunk, I just a lot of people add a boys and I do like a little thumbs up or I'm at home alone. I just get like emotional watching videos of orangutans. <laughs> 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 I, just, I just listen to it. I'm just like, oh, there's so much like you see the human soul in their eyes. I'm like, man, yeah. that's why I want to be a primatologist for a while. But like, cool. I've never done anything like too bad. One time I like puked and I pissed in my mom's like, um. What's it called? Like her closet or whatever. Oh, like I yeah. black. Like I was okay. I was babysitting. Oh, okay, nice. so this is, okay, so this is pretty bad. That is pretty bad. This is pretty bad. Okay, I was babysitting. I put my um, little sisters to bed, and then really just got blackout drunk, mm-hmm. and uh, and then I woke up the next day. Like I think I woke up on the ground in the washroom, and then I woke up again in my bed. And then I have a vague memory of pissing in the coat closet, Ooh. and then and then and then puked everywhere. And then so I had a talk with mommy that night, that morning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was, that was, What's the okay. worst thing you've done when you're drunk? Also, I do have more actual worst ones that I won't say on a podcast. Yeah, well, that's, that's <laughs> where I, mean, yeah. Yeah. I shouldn't say this, but I will. But probably yourself. like what, I like I would get drunk and just door cars. Oh, door. You just, you just pull oh, it like, open. And then do what? Well, that's the thing is there's not much to do. Right. If you get in. But you're just like. Oh, oh, what a rush. Yeah, you're like, Hyundai. <laughs> what a rush. But uh, also uh, chimpanzee. Right, chimpanzee. Right. chimpanzee. <laughs> I love the safe word. It's so good. Chimpanzees are safe right. word. I never um, did nothing but chimpan fucking. <laughs> yeah. Um, what did I do? I think the worst. I don't. No, I was. I guess I like made out with a lot of people. Like that's maybe the worst thing I've ever done. Or no, actually, I peed in a closet. What is it about the but closet? But it was at a frat house, so I didn't feel bad. It was already covered in piss anyway. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is uh, quick sign. And then me... made my friend pee in it too. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, that's, that's the, the fun part. How'd uh, you convince her? This is um, why I love women. This is how I convinced her. I was super wasted. We were trying to find a bathroom. The bathroom, the lineup to the bathroom was so fucking long. We went to an empty bedroom. It's not like I pissed in someone's, like, on someone's stuff. There was nothing in the room. It was an empty mm-hmm. room. There was a closet. I peed in the closet. But that's worse, though, because how long did it marinate there before someone found it? Well, I'll, I'll tell you the story. So me and my friend, so I peed, and then I'm like, pee. Then she's like, no, I can't. I'm like, just pee. I'm like, dude, like... That's you so got, you guys know me. 18, I was even worse. I was like, men pee on us all the time. Just pee in this fucking, just pee in this closet. Who cares? It's a frat house. Like, it doesn't matter. The the, uh, the house is called Animal House. Like, I was like, just you fucking pee. You were literally pee. pissing on the patriarchy. I was peeing on the patriarchy. Anyway, so she, so I convinced her. She did it. Um, and then this guy walks in and he's like, why is there water on the floor? Oh, no. And I'm like, there's a, pi-, I'm like, there's a pipe that burst. And oh. he's like, there's a pipe that burst. And then he's like, he lived there. He's like, yeah. what do you mean? There's a pipe that burst. And then I like left. Well, you like That's darted so and left. And that was, I think maybe possibly the worst thing I've done when I've tried. I'm sure uh, there's other things, but uh, one time we used to crash parties. That was our thing. Yeah. Right? We were the, like I was when I, once I went to Westmount high school, it was like the, like 
we were not involved. We were uh, near all the rich schools, mm -hmm. but we were not the rich kids. But we would go crash the rich parties, and it like ended up at this one party one time. This is a hypothetical situation. If we would have ended up there, yeah, an <laughs> uh, OJ story. We're all real fucked up. Ended up at this guy's house, and like, I ended up like going. I was taking everything. If I was there, um, there was like codeine syrup in the bathroom, and I was Whoa. like, "This is crazy." I always checked the medicine. Not always. Like I checked yeah. the medicine cabinets at this place hypothetically. If I was there, and then I go into his room, and there's just a Mac, like uh. laptop. Right. And I allegedly. hypothetically allegedly took it and get outside and my buddy goes, oh, you got a Mac, bro. What about the charger? You know how much a charger costs? I went, fuck, hold this. I went back inside. What the fuck? Hypothetically got the charger, <laughs> went back outside hypothetically, just Googled how to break into a Mac. Got around it, wiped the Mac. Hypothetically. I, I can't believe you didn't do that. That's crazy. <laughs> I used to have friends who would go to house parties and steal, but they would steal like they would steal like cutlery that yeah. they liked. And I thought that was always kind of rude. Like if someone has like a really nice like That's like the worst thing. Take the Mac. Like, yeah, like I mean, take the Mac. Yeah, they yeah. can it's maybe insured. I don't know. No, it was on a train. And he like knew. That's the worst part. Oh, oh, allegedly he knew. Allegedly. Oh my god. In he this was dream. Like, you, bro, you took my dream computer. Sequence. I was like, fuck, I didn't take your fucking computer. Fuck you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Things always get stolen how could you in those parties. me. Yeah. But uh, how do you like was it like was it really I guess okay, I guess crashing a party at that age is that you weren't invited to it, right? But but yeah. there was but I mean some of these parties got get all, so out of hand that like how do you even so know all, who's crashing and who's just coming? It all started with Celine Dion's niece. This oh. one fully is real story, fully not hypothetical. Uh, I was in ninth grade, and we got the text from one of our friends who was friends with the older kids in 10th grade. And they all went to this party. It was in Westmount. She went to one of the private schools. All the private school kids went. And then we got the text, and we pulled up. By the time I got there, I got there late, okay? Mm -hmm. There's a couch Allegedly. on the driveway. No, mm -hmm. no, this okay. is all real. It's all real, okay. Shout out Celine Dion's niece for the best party of my life. There's a couch on the driveway and a broken window. They threw a couch through the window. Oh it, like onto it crazy. Um, people were pissing in corners. People were like, there was one dude who spoke to another another dude's girlfriend after like the, they broke up because the girlfriend was crying and they were all really good friends. But he didn't like know it was his friend because he was all fucked up. And now these are two black guys, okay? Okay. And when he described the story to me, the guy who beat the shit out of the other guy, he was like, I just saw some N word talking to my girl. And he just Crazy. jumped in there. He went and just kicked him in the back of the head and oh, just started beating the shit out of him. That's awful. Okay, but like everyone was just like, this is like, it wasn't even like a big thing at the party. That's how crazy the party, wow. like everyone was, everything was getting broken. Everything was on fire. The parents showed up while we were all there. Um, then kids started letting fireworks off in the streets. Uh, the cops were there. And then not for nothing. Cops? Fuck cops. The guy who beat the shit out of the other guy, he didn't get arrested for that. They just picked him up because he was a black crazy. kid. They picked him up. They drove him to the top of Westmount. They took his wallet, all his money, his keys, and they were like, find your way home. And they drove away. What? They Whoa. didn't arrest him. They didn't do anything. That's they were brutal. like, go fuck yourself, kid. They robbed what did him? they do to the other guy? Yeah. That's crazy. Wait, wait. The guy... Okay. They that did nothing to anyone else. They gave him the key to the city. Wow. <laughs> The, that's that's horrifying. I never went to any high school parties. I, I always hate in high school. I was like, I wasn't unpopular in high school. The way I always phrase how I was in high school is every time there was a party, someone would say the next day, like, oh, you should have been there. <laughs> it's like, oh, you should have invited me. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And that yeah. was Fuck. every fucking time my entire life was like, oh, yeah, cool, you should have been there. Yeah. Fucking, I was so sick. And of you're it. like, but. I could have been very easily. <laughs> I, give me one shot. And yeah, I'll do yeah, yeah. One, I actually have one. I think the stupidest thing I ever did when I was drunk. This is, I actually think about this a lot. This was so fucking dumb of me. And like, I, this could have been like, I could have killed myself. Like I could have like paralyzed myself. I was at, um, I am three of my best, uh, best friends in my hometown, Orangeville. They had this house together. It was like, uh, what was that show with the three guys? The, they work. It's workaholics. Workaholics. It was yes. a workaholics house. Sick. And like, my, I remember my dad dropped me off there and they were all three of them were on lawn chairs sitting on their roof. Mm -hmm. And my dad was like, do not fucking go on that roof. Do not do it. And I was like, shut up, dad. I was like 22. Yeah. I was like, shut up, dad. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. And then sure enough. And then this is one of those days where I dragged myself to the other side. Because it was like fourth. It was Canada Day and we were just <sighs> wasted. So at one point yeah. they were all like. They're all playing, like, uh, firing Roman candles at each other in the backyard. And I went on the roof because I was like, I'm going to go piss off this roof. 
So I went to the front in front of like the entire neighborhood. This was still like six. It was bright out. <laughs> so I was on the roof and I pulled my dick out in front of like for the whole neighborhood to see. And I started pissing off the roof. And then after I finished pissing, I lost my balance and I fell off the roof <laughs> and I landed in my piss. And when I hit, um, I hit like kind of, I kind of like needle drop down like that. And when I landed, my knee shot up and it kind of clocked me in my jaw. Aww. And then I just like, I, I fell, I was on the ground, like laying my piss so hurt. I'm just like, I could have just broke my neck right now. I just fell off a roof. Yeah. And then I just kept drinking. Nice. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Did you like dislocate your jaw or knee or no it just it just it was a little swollen but that the next day i was the most sore i've ever been in my life because like, oh, yeah, i also of course. You I, fell off a roof i also fell off the balcony all the time later that I, <laughs> like, I was falling like crazy oh god yeah um we eventually got caught breaking into the parties are you serious we went to a cell in one and then like have you been the, arrested no, I, no, no, no 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 uh i've been handcuffed uh one time we were all in a party i looked 40 and I was with a bunch of people who were my age. We were all like 17, 18. And I just looked like the 40-year-old sitting with them. And I'm rolling a joint and a bunch of cops start walking towards us because we're drinking beers in a park. Uh, I'm assuming we're 18 because we didn't get like underage drinking. Mm -hmm. um, and like I have the joint. Weed's not legal yet. So I just like put it in my pocket. And then like one female cop grabs one arm. And I kind of like, I don't like pull, yeah. but I don't give in. Like she's okay. trying to pull my arm and I'm just like flexing. Like and then the other by, female by cop. By definition resisting. By like, by, by, but, no, but, no, not against you, but like, by like, they could be like, you're resisting. Uh, not exact. Cause I, my arms were going. Like okay. they were going. I was just, I was resist. <laughs> there was resistance. There was resistance. Yeah. There was resistance. And then yeah. another female cop grabs the other arm. They're pulling the hands out. This is okay? hot. The joints now open and whatever the weeds just loose in the pocket. They put my hands behind my back and they stand me up. Now there's like a third one who's like lifting me. One's only female? one arm. Yeah, all, this is dude, so what I'm into. Six female cops. Six. No, get yeah. out of here. I swear to you God. You got reverse gangbang? Okay. So they get me, they handcuff me, and then they get my wallet and they're like looking for ID. And I don't have ID. They're like, give us your address. I gave them an address. They wrote the wrong address for the ticket for drinking in a park. They take everything out of my you sweater don't have pocket. To, yeah. I'm just, by the way, anyone listening, if you're, you don't have to answer. You don't. You just say, sure, call my like, parents, there's, hmm. call well, my lawyer, was, call my was, parents. Sure, but some situations it's better to, like, yeah. you didn't do anything or whatever, and you yeah. don't want them to. So they take everything out of my pockets. I literally had a bag of, like, fake Xanax, just, like, so illegal, mm -hmm. no prescription, just in a fucking bag with a weed leaf on it. They put it on the hood of their car, and, like, they start high-fiving. I swear to God, they start high-fiving that they, like, got me. They're like, yeah, and they just, all the shit's there. They wrote the ticket. They're like, you're going to get this ticket in the mail. You're going to have to pay it, and don't do this again. Was it, like, a summons, or you, like, not at all? It sounds like they're just going to start railing. It was just to my name, and it was just to a yeah. wrong address. You can't, you, they can't, right. you know? And then they just uncuffed me and let me take my drugs back and just what? let me go. Oh, okay. It was ridiculous. I've heard that before. I love that That's on being white. <laughs> you're right. You're right. 100. I've heard that. I've heard that so many white guys. It's just like my friend got caught with like I think like a full like like so much Molly on him, mm -hmm. and they were just like, "Yeah, we're taking it, but go. You can go home." Yeah. Well, I mean, it did happen one time. We were four of us, and like we were. It wasn't like a drug dealer with a drug dealer. It was like a friend who got weed for another friend. You know what I mean? It wasn't like right, a, right, right. You're but like it was like off of them or whatever. It was like yeah. It was like here, like I got you. And yeah. It was like a large amount, and we were like, oh, let's smoke a joint. But we're now in we're we're in Uptown. We're not in fucking like Westmount. You know what I mean? So Uptown, like they're on high alert. They see us walk out of the alley to look for our other friend and walk back in the alley. So as we're there and my buddy's going to roll the joint, a cop comes in from one end of the alley, another cop comes in from the other end of the alley, and they just, like, they arrest my buddy. They go through his pockets. My buddy had been jumped, like, so many times because he lived in, like, not the best neighborhood. Oh so God. he carried a knife on him. So they oh. found the knife on him, and they're like, duh, yeah. and then, you know what I mean? And then they throw him in the back of the car, and I'll never forget him fucking, he's handcuffed in the back of the cop car, yelling, and just, like, smashing his head against oh, the, and he's God. this little tiny Greek guy, and he's freaking out, yeah. and uh, they're like, they're like, we're gonna find, whatever, and then they found, it was like a quarter pound of weed, they found it on the ground, and we were like, it's not ours, it's nobody's, like, what, it was, you didn't find it on us, and they were just like, all right, it's this guy's. And he ended up getting like community service or something. Oh, okay. He mm -hmm. was 17 at the time. So. I'm so, I was right. such a, I'm such, I still am soft. I was such a soft little boy. I never got in any of these, these precarious scenarios. I mean, no, I'm, not, I'm, I never, not, I'm soft too. I was I, just there. I never got into, <laughs> I was just a bystander. I never got into trouble either. I didn't no. go to a lot of parties either. I like 
had my degenerate phase like 19 through 25. Yeah, me too. That was like my degenerate phase. When I was 16, I like like got drunk. But when I was, was 16, it. I killed a man. Ah. Allegedly, hypothetically. (laughs) No free speech, dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Yeah, I was just not. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't. I was like you. I was kind of like fringe popular. It was like friends with the popular girls. Like my girlfriends, my group of girlfriends were the hot, cool girls. Yeah, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. For me too. Yeah, same, same. Never the bride. (laughs) Never the bride. Never. Me and my buddy just smoked a lot of weed, and like the older kids found out that we smoked. A lot of weed, yeah. And we, they were just like, "Oh, these guys, let's get them yeah. to us." And mm-hmm. so, and my buddy like was, he was my age, skipped a grade, and then failed a grade. So he was where <laughs> he was supposed to be, yeah. But he had been in the grade with the older kids; they knew him well. Wow. Um, yeah. And then after we like we were crashing parties for years, we just started renting Airbnbs. So that first one was crazy. They rented an Airbnb for like three days. I went. I was 16 years old. I did not leave. Yeah. Dude, I stayed there from the Friday until the Monday. Was that your first bender? Um, I guess. Like pretty much. Pretty much. Just did yeah. not stop drinking, did not shower, did not like it was wild. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was like I, I smoked my first cigarette. I fucking was oh. hammered. Was this like Project X era? How yeah, old were you when Project X came it out? Was, it, was, it was around then. Yeah. It was probably um, when we were in high school. Yeah, because when Project X came out, then there was like a bunch of copycat Project Xs oh that like people threw through like I, insane I, I would get parties. so many early Facebook notifications like, we're having a Project X party. <laughs> yeah. And it's like 10 people in someone's garage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was such garbage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, and, and the guy's like, no, you can't pee in the house, man. Just go <laughs> in the backyard, please. And then for all oh, the worst of my hometown, there's always these always these backyard or like, in my I'm from Orangeville where everyone, all drinking was done in Garages right. with like, uh, like all high schoolers, and then someone's shitty cool mom. Yeah, there's oh. always one shitty cool mom, the and she's like, worst. she's just like, just go to the basement. She's telling like some of the kids they're good looking. Like, oh, you know, she's... you know how hot you are. Like you can do whatever you pretty, want. Oh, there were some were so bad. I remember like uh, there was this one mom. These two guys were playing buckets. You guys know what buckets is? No. It was like a, it's it's a big like Ontario like hockey town thing. Whereas they just put on like helmets and they just like start punching each other in the oh, head. Oh yeah, yeah buckets. Yeah, we call it buckets. Okay, cool. And then it was just. It it was this weird thing where it's just like this one cool mom was just like blasted with her daughter, just watching boys play buckets. She's taking bets. She's <laughs> like, all right. And just, like she's going to bang the winner. Like, like wow. they're competing for her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. There's, I, I don't know, like as a mother, I don't see the like joy of going to like a six, like a bunch of 16 year olds getting fucked up and like. It's because you got pregnant when you went, because you were 16 at a party and then you got yeah. pregnant and then now. Yes. Yeah. Right, right, right. Fair. And the right, right, right. A child raising a child, essentially. Was, oh, I have a small town question. Okay. In your high school, yeah. was there a parenting class? No. A parent oh, like a like a no, there wasn't. Okay. This no. is this is when I We had of- like home ec, but they like they we had home ec a few years above me, but then they kind of like decided that home ec was kind of sexist and they like they okay. like decided not to have it. But we they yeah, no, we had like leadership, like b- bullshit classes, but no, no parenting in, classes. I guess it's in small town with like high teen pregnancy. Cause yeah. it's like, there's, there's, I don't know the stats, but I think we had quite a bit. Like, I think by the time I was in finishing 10th grade, I think we lost like five girls. Of yeah. Just like they just had kids. But it was so prominent that there was just a full on parenting class. So you take it and you can take it, you could start taking it in, I think, grade 10 or 11 mm. and you're just assigned a baby. You just get this animatronic baby. Right. And you just have to care for it. So uh, you'd be going through, uh, you're going from like English, then you're going to math class. And there's like, throughout this high school, there's like 20 girls carrying like uh, baby carriages with a baby in it. <laughs> that and feels, and yeah. In, and it feels like they're encouraging the problem. It's <laughs> not it's, solving it's it. It's going to happen. Yeah, it's yeah. It's just going to happen. And we so have the, too many students. <laughs> Like, you'd be in class and the baby starts crying in class. So like you'd the ha- fake baby, the fake baby would start crying. So like you're trying to learn. Well, I wasn't, but you're trying to learn. And then like a, this fake baby's screaming. And there's like, and the, the woman, like the child had to be like, okay, I have to take care of my baby. And, um, I, and I found out that wasn't a normal thing. I feel like that is like a thing that I've seen on like every after school TV special. Like, yeah. you know, like two, like two kids, like two kids who hate each other and they're, and they, yeah. they have to raise this baby. I think it was like an episode of Lizzie McGuire, but no, Probably. it's not, mm. it was not, it was not here bunch. anyway. Yeah. Not on the, I mean, not on the West Island. That's Definitely fine. not. No. Yeah, yeah. We had lots of, lots of teen pregnancies. I think I was, I was going to say her first. I was going to say her full name. I think, I think grade nine is we when two. this started. 
We had two. Yeah. Yeah. We had one one girl. And then recently I, I found out that uh Peck Rino was like in the runnings from being the dad. And I was like, Whoa. oh my God, full so like no, so full circle, still, like West Island, West still Island lore. Yeah, I know, I know. It's still unconfirmed. So, and he just thinks that he's the father. Like he just is like, she looks like me. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like a bit, but I don't know. But it was just funny because it, because him and I are from the West Island, so like, and I we just every time we'll just get into stories, and it's just I know everyone he knows, and it's insane. Parker, um, he he does seem like he'd be a warm up comic for Maury. <laughs> I think that's where he's meant to be. That's good. That's very funny. <laughs> that's <laughs> I perfect. Like, yeah. I feel like that's his room. Yeah. 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 Jason, thank you so much. This was so much fun. Yeah, like, thank you. And sorry, thank you for a, your vulnerability. Yeah, and your of course. Sorry, this, is a heavy, this is a heavier one, but I hope it has some value to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll be here next. Heavier week. one because I'm the co-host. Oh, um, <laughs> um, we'll be here next week and have a great week. Keep spiraling. Bye. <laughs>